Welcome to Yara's Grow the Future podcast. Yara is the global leader in crop nutrition knowledge and a producer of quality fertilizer products. Grow the future with Yara. Welcome, I'm Ken Rundle, and in this podcast, I'm going to explore the opportunities offered by the digital tools now available to arable farmers and how they can help with both decision making and the efficient management of resources. To help me, I have Natalie Wood, Yara's Agronomy Operations Manager, and Nottinghamshire farmer contractor Tom Hawthorne. Natalie, we'll get into the detail later, but in general terms, what kind of tools are we talking about here? So we're talking about any kind of tools that can help you increase your nutrient use efficiency. You know, as you mentioned, costs of resources are high, so we need to do everything we can really to increase the efficiency of what's going to be applied. Um, the R has got various tools that can help with this, and some of which, uh, such as the end tester and the end sensor, have been around for a while, yes, but, you know, they're still very useful tools for increasing efficiency of nitrogen, in particular on farm. Um, another tool that we've got is at farm, which is our digital offering where we can create variable rate nitrogen maps, um, nutrient management plans and monitor biomass as well. And these are all you know, really useful for increasing that nutrient use efficiency on farm. Um, and let's not forget about other services such as um, soil tissue and grain analysis. And they're all good ways to you know, get a handle on your fields and get some data for your farm. And once you've got that data, then you're more able to create efficiencies from, you know, using that as a baseline for, for increasing productivity, et cetera. So yeah, we just need to get the most out of everything that we, we can really on farm. And in these days, as well as efficiency, we're talking about resilience so often with the way that the climate's changing. Yeah, definitely. So um, in terms of resilience, we want to get the crop as resilient as possible. Um, we can't control things like the weather. So it's making sure that, you know, we got that crop to a point that anything the weather throws at it, it's more able to compensate, you know, with a bigger root system, etc. So it's, it's things like that that we need to build in um, before those weather events happen. Tom, your family farms at the head of the Vale of Beaver, but the additional land you contract farm spreads over into nearby Lincolnshire and Leicestershire. Tell us about the land you work. I'm a third generation arable farmer in the village of Flawborough, which is sort of right on the border of all three counties. Uh, and we're predominantly a heavy clay soil. So, um, so we historically would be our sort of specialist. And then we sort of farmed sort of over the last 20 years, uh, blocks of land predominantly for our neighbours and then our neighbours' neighbours. Um, uh, and again, uh, as we sort of um, sort of grew as a business, we would start to sort of get, travel a bit further uh, distances. Um, and um, and again, uh, predominantly arable crops grown. So more uh, anything we can put for a, a combine harvester. Really, lots of um, lots of wheat, uh, barley, oilseed rape. Um, predominantly, can also grow quite a lot of black grass uh, because of our soil type. So because of the black grass, we grow quite a few spring crops. Um, to sort of counter that so the likes of spring barley spring oats uh, and then in more recent times we've started to grow crops for anaerobic digestion so hybrid rye on heavy soils anything which is a bit more medium or kinder some some maize and you were an early convert to liquid fertilizer which in fact has helped as we'll hear in a minute yeah absolutely so uh, to be honest i know different uh no difference at all we've been liquid all my all my farming career all my life in fact uh uh, my father, I think, first went into liquid in about 1970-something, I think. So, yeah, I'm a, I'm a, a big purveyor, as you'll hear from, from liquid. Um, you know, I get told off for saying it, but professional farmers use liquid. Uh, so, um, but yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, normally say that standing at the bar, using liquid. Yeah. And, and well, what's out, your... Out, out, out the back and out of the way, normally, generally, yeah. 
And what's your experience with digital tools? I mean, which ones you use and how long have you worked with them? Okay, uh, so if, I mean, if we if we sort of concentrate on nutrients, and I suppose nitrogen would be the big one at the moment, would be the obvious one. Um, as far as sort of managing our nitrogen application across our crops, historically we have been a big user of the RN sensor. And yeah, so I think about two thousand and four was about where we went wholesale on the N sensor, uh, and we were also part of the trials sort of running up to that when they were trying to introduce that into into UK farms. Um, and again, that was based on the fact that where we were basically choosing a rate for a field uh, and then um, it would apply sort of up to a minimum max uh, uh, to, to good and less good parts of that field, depending on chlorophyll content, biomass, whatever it might be. Um, uh, so like a Robin Hood effect, as we would call it, Robin from Peter to give to Paul. Uh, and then alongside that, again, historically, we were using um, uh, the N-tester, the, uh, the chlorophyll tester, uh, which we used to just make sure... We're not over or under egging anything we've done. Um, and again, Natalie's mentioned it already. The really important thing that is you need to know sort of what your answer is at the end, if that makes sense. So one way that we uh, feel that we know that um, how much nitrogen we're applying is the correct or somewhere near the correct amount uh, is testing your grain at the end to know that your uh, protein or nitrogen, depending on the crop, uh, are, are not too much or too little. But you've moved on to a more sophisticated element within that within that particular offer. Yeah, the of absolute so, option. Yeah, so 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 within the end sensor, you have different algorithms. So within the software of an end sensor, you have different programs, different sort of um, uh, ways of using it. If that makes sense. So historically, we would have used it in what would be called target mode, which is this Robin Hood effect. Uh, in all seed rate, for probably the last ten years, we've been using what's called the absolute mode. Uh, and that's something which we've now also then pushed into our, particularly our winter wheat. And I really like the absolute mode. Uh, so the absolute mode is based on the fact that you, I don't decide a rate. You know, one thing I find with anything where the farmer is choosing a rate to apply, particularly nitrogen, I feel, is that it's, there's quite a lot of emotion in it and you end up applying perhaps more than you probably ought to apply. Um, so the end sensor is trying, you know, you're, tr you're trusting the science and, and you're trusting the work behind it. Um, so, the, so this works purely on the fact that you uh, you tell it the crop, you tell it the application sort of, and the growth stage, what fertiliser you're using. Uh, and in sort of layman's terms, it decides the rate. As you sort of get to your final application, you can then add in things like yield expectation because you can judge it better because you're closer to, to, to harvest. And then it will apply that rate. And what I find by doing doing this is that I'm actually applying somewhere near historically where I perhaps thought I would apply in a total rate, but I'm getting a lot more variation within the field and a lot more variation across my wheat acreage as such. So rather than just saying I'm applying 220 kilos of nitrogen to all my feed weeds, I don't. I'll get a variation from about 160 to 240 kilos. Uh, and then within a field, I'll get a bigger variation in that. And your overall usage often drops, you were mentioning earlier. Yeah, it does. So, so everyone assumes because the likes of Yara sell the end sensor, therefore it's going to make you want to use more fertilizer. I actually find, particularly in absolute mode, it's been the complete opposite. Uh, we generally lose, yeah, less. The biggest issue you come with it, if I was being honest, is the fact that it can be a little tricky to understand actually how much you need to fertilize you need to order because you haven't got, you know, you can order a certain coverage to cover your needs, but actually until you get to the nitty gritty at the end, you don't quite know whether you need a little bit more or a little bit less. Predominantly, we've always put less on. Oilseed rape be the prime example of this. I mean, oilseed rape, we are always over, completely over-fertilising it compared to moving to the technology. 
So, Natalie, is this typical or untypical of how farmers are using this kit at the moment? I mean, do you think enough farmers recognize the value of the services and information on offer, the kind of thing that Tom's just been talking about, removing some of the emotion from the whole issue? Yeah, I mean, in terms of N-Sensor users, then everyone who's got an N-Sensor, you know, will be using it similarly to how Tom is. I think Tom is a very good example because he absolutely trusts, you know, the technology. And I think that's where people perhaps fall down a bit, in, t- in particular, you know, the N-Tester, which is the small handheld device. You know, people will do the, all the hard work in terms of doing all the end testing and then think, well, oh, actually, that's put on a bit less than I was expecting. So I'm going to put on a bit more anyway. So, you know, it's about trusting the actual uh, technology. A lot of work goes into both the end sensor and the end tester. So, you know, the number one thing is to trust it. Um, I know in the past, you know, end sensor, it, there's no getting away from it. It is an expensive piece of kit, which has put off quite a few people. You know, you've got to have a certain acreage to, you know, for it to be viable. So, you know, that has been a bit of a, a put off point. But I guess what we've got now with the app farm is the satellite image version, which is, yes, it's a lot cheaper um, way of doing it. You're not going to get as good a results, obviously, because it is, you know, it's relying on satellite imagery, which isn't always up to date. You know, you're not in the field at the time scanning, but it isn't, you know, it's a quick, simple way into doing some variable rate applications, you know, which might you might think, oh, I've, I've saved quite a bit this year. It might be worth you know, investing in the end sensor in, in the future. But, you know, certainly all the work we've done shows that you'll get a, about a 4% yield increase. So I don't know, Tom, whether you'd agree with that. Um, yeah, Tom? Uh, no, I think, uh, to go back to Natalie's point, absolutely. So variable rate nitrogen particularly is always based on the fact that you as the farmer set a rate. So you've decided that rate. What's decided that rate for you? The chances are it's just a figure you've sort of could come to some way or the other by sort of some layman's sort of book or uh, RB209, where in fact, actually, what I I sort of, I got a bit fed up of that, really, because I just felt I was using 220 kilos. It was it was about right, but I was also understanding where I was actually putting less on. I was still maintaining that yield, if that makes sense. Um, so the, the beauty of the sort of the absolute mode is the fact that it takes away this human side of it or this, um, or you know, the, 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 the theoretical side of it, because we all know that everyone's farm is different. Everyone's set of circumstances are different. You know, uh, it depends on whether you use a lot of manures. If you're suddenly using lots of manures like we are all generally doing now, um, that adds a whole new dynamic to your um, nutrients you need to apply to that growing crop. Because, yes, we anal- analyze our nutrients we're applying and we try and put on the right amount, but we don't know its availability, really. It's all a, a big guess. So, the end sensor is able to sort of when it's used in absolute is able to help with this and what proved it to me i think over i mean we've been doing it wholesale now over all of our winter wheat crop for the last five seasons and what proved it to me was without any sort of um uh, insight from myself it picks up every single field we've applied manures to it picks up every single field which was after beans it would pick up every single field which was after oats and it would adjust the rate almost how I would have done myself, but fully automatically. But then within that area parcel, it will do weird and wonderful things I didn't even know existed. You know, it was it would do rates in places where I think, well, I can't argue with it. And then again, you get to the end, the importance of part is that we, we analyze every single trailer load or lorry load of wheat which comes into our store at harvest. We analyze it and it tells me my average proteins or where they are. And to be honest, they're about bang on. So it works. The biggest thing, the biggest hurdle you've got to get past for using it uh, is trusting it. Uh, And so how do you get around trying to trust it? 
where you you look at it and go, actually, would I disagree with what that was doing? And to me, the answer is not. Uh, you use your, if you've got an end tester or chlorophyll tester, just using that to check to make sure you feel where you are. But to be honest, the proof's in the pudding and it's at the end and that's when you harvest it and get the result you were relatively happy with. Natalie, what's holding farmers back at the moment? You've alluded to maybe the cost. They're all cost conscious, but how much is down to the fear of unknown technology and coming back to this trust issue that Tom's just been talking about? Yeah, I think like Tom says, you know, farmers want to feed the crops. They want to give them the best chance they they can. And that often means putting on too much nitrogen. So I think, you know, whilst pricing is, uh, you know, it's not been great. Um, it's It's been a very difficult um, couple of years. You know, it has forced people to be more conscious with what they're putting on rather than just chucking on that 220 like they would do every year. Um, so I think whilst the, you know, the the cost's been a problem it's actually quite good as well because you're you now everyone's having to be more efficient you can't just chuck on everything so people hopefully will adopt this technology more now because they can you know start to trust it see any efficiency gains that they they can on farm um and yeah it's not scary <laughs> you just have to trust trust the technology and like tom said i know it, it's it'll be difficult because farms will think well yara sells fertilizer they're going to make us put you know x amount more nitrogen on but it's it's nothing like that at all you know it it's just the the maths in the systems themselves um it's just set up to look at what the crop has got in it using the color of the crop from the chlorophyll content in the crop that directly correlates to the amount of nitrogen so it's as simple as that really what might be difficult this year is people might be ending up with products that they're not necessarily used to so obviously because of the price differential there's a lot of uh, straight nitrogen or urea on farm so it's about knowing how to manage those different products separately as well so tools like the end tester might come in even better this year because you know you're using something that you you're not quite sure on um and i i guess tom do you use zero end plots because they're a really useful way yeah. as well on farm of of knowing how much mineralization you've had etc which can help yeah it is and that was exactly what i was about to allude to actually is the fact that i think one thing is which we do have done for a few years now and i would really push everybody to if they can have an area to to, to do so is that have an area in a any crop you like, but a winter wheat crop would be an obvious one of where you haven't applied any form of mineral nitrogen to it whatsoever. I would be pretty confident that you'll be amazed how much it yields considering what you've applied. So we, so for us, we're, um, we're liquid system as already mentioned. So we're 36 meter tram line. So we leave a 12 meter uh, breed down a field on a tram line in probably about five different fields. And um, we're a 12 meter combine. So we can very easily combine that tram line and measure the yield from it. And we get some absolutely amazing yields for very little to no nitrogen applied. Um, yes, your proteins are down, the quality is not brilliant, but we can grow sort of eight and a half, nine tons a hectare in the right years on these zero end plots. Um, so all that's that, heavy know, land. Yeah, that's heavy land, of course. Yeah, it's yeah, not everyone, yeah. and we're fertile, of course we are. We've got we've been yeah. using yours, all the things which go with it. So it's not, it's not, you know, I'm not saying that's the case everywhere, but we can get up to that. I mean, this year we ranged from I think six and a half in a second wheat situation up to up to sort of just shy of nine again. Um, and all that is is your nitrogen or your nutrient, your nitrogen usage efficiencies. That you know, that's that's your big variation in a, in a season for me. So that makes a big. It probably makes thirty to forty kilos difference on your total nitrogen applied. You need to apply. I feel the season just gone. We've had a really good NUE season. We had decent crops going into winter. We had a dry, not overly cold winter. Big root mass. Therefore, the crop has scavenged more nitrogen itself. So by using a, a, a tool like the end sensor in an absolute mode, 
it sees that in the crop. So therefore, instantly, it's it's already reducing what it wants to apply. When fertilizer was, you know, sub a pound a kilo, it, it was less important. But when it's now up at two pounds a kilo, it becomes very, very important. And then if you, you know, if it gets to the point where things like carbon footprint start to be measured and talked about more, these applying more kilos for the sake of it is, is tricky. It's probably a daft laddie journalist type question tom but does it mean equipping the farm with new kit or has most machinery these days got the capability it's just a matter of accessing it yeah so 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 we're 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 historically a liquid system for applying our our nitrogen and a a liquid system like you have in any sprayer will work generally with an end sensor no problem at all where a liquid system can um uh trip up is the fact that you uh have can have quite a variance in um rate applied as you're going up and down the field and it's been able to have the, the nozzles or the pump to be able to do that. So liquid, you can do it, but it, it probably takes more operators' concentration and it's probably not as easy. But it shouldn't be, enough, it shouldn't be any way of stopping you for trying to have a go at it. Um, solid, if you've got a relatively modern fertiliser spreader, solid is pretty easy from the application rate because it's opening and closing a slide and it opens the slide and closes the slide more. So no, I wouldn't be scared from that side. Yeah, if you've got some particularly vintage equipment, then absolutely, it might be a bit more of a struggle. But... I would say predominantly most people I would know um, who um, uh, who might be interested in what to do Zensets would would be able to facilitate it. Natalie, I suppose this is peer-to-peer learning we've got here where we're speaking to Tom and getting a farmer's eye view on this. And very often farmers like to learn from other farmers. Where can farmers get more information and guidance on this subject now? Yeah, so obviously our website's got a hell of a lot of information on there. So if you want to look particularly at, you know, how the end sensor works, how the end tester works, then, you know, that's all on there. What we have got as well is CropTech coming up. So we've got the crop nutrition seminars at CropTech both days. Um, and we'll get to hear a bit more from Tom as well as um, our own Mark Tucker and uh, Ben Abel as well. So, you know, we've, we've got that coming up and I would suggest that, you know, it's, it's a very good event, CropTech, if you want, you know, good technical information. Um, so we're in Hall 1 and the, the seminars are at 11 o'clock on both days. Well, we're nearly finished, Tom. What would be your key messages to farmers about digital tools? I think the, the biggest problem we have within digital tools is there's a lot of, uh, it's a bit of a nightmare in, in the fact that you, it's difficult to decide what you should be doing, shouldn't be doing, what you should be using and shouldn't be using. So the best thing to do, I personally feel, is find someone who's doing it and using it and getting on quite well with it and and try and pick their brains and understand what they're doing and why they're using it, which is this peer-to-peer point, isn't it? It's very easy to be sold something. Uh, and using it because you can because it can do something rather than because you should be using it because it does something worthwhile so i am it's tricky but my my gut feeling is um if you're gonna if you've decided to use it and you've had good recommendations or you've you've proven to yourself it's the right idea also trust it don't don't go through the pain and the and the awkwardness of using something new and understanding it all and using it and then going i don't like what it's doing and so i'm going to use it natalie yeah, so I'd um, mirror everything Tom just said in terms of trusting the technology, but also, you know, if you're not at that point where you've got the technology yet, make sure you're doing all the basics right um, so that you're getting the efficiency. A lot of nutrient use efficiency comes from good agricultural practice, you know, which most of which doesn't cost you anything extra. So, you know, at a baseline, start there. Um, start to bring in some of the cheaper options, such as the end tester and, and using at farm to get 
um, the VRAs, etc. But, you know, start somewhere and again, you know, measure as much as you can on farm so that you can start to manage it. So that's all your soil analysis tissue. And like Tom's mentioned, he gets a lot of information out of his grain. So, you know, if you're going to go to the expense of doing the tests, make sure you are going to utilize the data. Natalie Wood, Yara's Agronomy Operations Manager, and Tom Hawthorne of Flawborough Farms. Thank you very much indeed, especially for the practical experience and guidance, Tom. There was a time when it was said the farmer's boot was the most valuable farm input, but as Tom has explained, that's still a vital element. In this digital age, though, there's much more information to utilise if you have the technology and know how to use it. For those attending CropTech, enjoy the day. Meanwhile, it's goodbye from me, Ken Rundle, and I'll speak to you again soon. Thanks for listening to Yara's Grow the Future podcast. For more information, visit yara.co.uk or yara.ie.